This week's episode is going to be a little different. This week we have our men's takeover, so I'll be stepping away and turning it over to the guys. Welcome to the At The Moment podcast, where we talk about what's going on at this moment with the black community here at OU. I'm Ray. I'm Adam. I'm Jaira. I'm Dale. Uh, I'm a senior here at OU, majoring in business administration and sport management. Uh, I am the fundraising chair, I mean not the fundraising chair, the community service chair for the Boys to Men Student Development Group. I am the public relations chair for the African Student Association, the undergrad chapter, and I am the keeper of peace of the Sigma Psi chapter of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. I'm Darrell. Um, I'm a political science pre-law major. Um, I am the president for Ohio University's Boys to Men. For the 2021 enrollment, 240 African-American identifying students were admitted and then enrolled into Ohio. A total of 3,664 students were admitted and then enrolled. For spring 2022, 26,480 students were reported to Ohio students. And only 1,520 of those students were black. While black men only made up 38% of the black population. Although the amount of black men on campus is small, we are seen and heard by many. All right, so um, it's good to have y'all on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, like, as far as social awareness goes, how do, and that goes for everybody, how do you, you carry yourself as a black, being a black man on campus? Um, I'll start. Um, I think that when I first got here, uh, I thought it was extremely important for me to, like, um, create this image that, you know, black men are strong, smart, that we don't just play video games and do illegal things all day. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've grown being here on campus, I've learned to um, be myself more. So I'm not as afraid or wary to wear my do-rag on campus or to wear my J's all the time or to be myself because, you know, some of those things are uh, a part of my identity as a black man. Okay. So that's one thing that I definitely say I would. Um, I think the the name of the topic is probably the best. Just being aware of yourself, being aware of how your environment looks at you and, and how you look at yourself as well. You know, there's always going to be those stereotypes of how people are expecting you to move and how you actually move because you're an individual. You know, it's not good to... Of course, it's not good to generalize, and it's also even worse to live up to those generalizations. So like Daryl said, just making sure you stay yourself no matter what the environment might look like, you know, and no matter who yourself is, just stay genuine. And that's probably the best way to be self-aware and care. That's how I carry myself on campus. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, just building off of that, I think being yourself is very important, but I think also acknowledging um, how many of us there are on campus is really important and understanding that we do represent um, black men just everywhere people view us and they get their generalizations about black men. So um, often just doing the extra thing or always making sure you're in class and stuff like that, uh, I try and make sure of. Yeah, I was pretty much going to say the same thing as Adam. Like, um, yeah, we have to kind of hold ourselves to a higher standard, making sure we're on top of it because, yeah, we're like representing, you know, us as a whole. So I just think that, like, you know, we have to, you know, make sure we're doing 
um, the right things um, at the right times, but also staying true to our authentic selves. So, right. I think the same thing. Like with with everybody said, I I think I think like when you know when I got to this campus, it was like it was just like an idea of like man, it's not a lot of me on campus. Like what I look like, and then like also me being a man, man, it's it's just like. Mm. It's okay, and then me being in a in a school of music, it's literally only what three of us. Well, it's a couple more, but like, it's more, but, but it's, it's not. not. It's really not a lot. So it's just like, you know, I was, it's it's hard to think like it's it's only so little. Even though I knew where I was going, it was just like mm. that. That's the thing too. Like, you know what you signing up for coming yeah. to Athens. So it's like just just do your best. Yeah. It gets easier as the more you the more you hear, the more you get used to like feeling comfortable right. even in those awkward environments. Right. And they become less awkward. You That's know? true. I'm comfortable in everywhere now. Right. And I feel like everybody could could get get there if you're not already there. That's true. That's true. So, uh so what are some challenges that come with that, like, you know, carrying yourself? What do y'all think are some challenges? Um some challenges that um, I've encountered uh, carrying myself on uh, how I carry myself on a black as a black man on campus is um, just being stereotyped into people wanting me to act a specific way or to do specific things on campus. Um, it's something that has always kind of amazed me because um, nobody expects for you too, or for me as a black man to succeed being a political science pre-law major. And when I tell them that what I want to do in life and where I want to go, they're like, oh, you have such big dreams and aspirations. And they say that almost as if they're surprised. Like, as a black man, I'm not supposed to have these dreams and yeah. these aspirations. And so that's something that um, yeah, that I've kind of uh, not struggled with, but it has definitely been something that's like been on my mind since I've been here. Because it's like, man, do people not not expect me to succeed? Do they right. want me to fail? So that's something that I've definitely dealt with here. Because like for you, it's like just an everyday thing. Like that's just yeah. something I want to like do. It's my life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, I think real brought up a good point with expectations. People also expect us expect us to have the answers to certain issues. Because mm-hmm. like if you're the only black dude in in the classroom and a racial issue comes up or something like that, everybody looks at you like you're supposed to represent. And in a, in a way, we are supposed to represent, back to what Jaira and Adam were saying, like, there's not that many of us. So it's hard to live up to those expectations to have all those answers and, and ideas to whatever the issue might be. But at the same time, we are trying to get an education. That's at true. At the same time. I'll, or I keep saying that. But y'all know what I mean. Yeah. It's just a lot to balance. Right. Um, just to build off of both of those, I think part of it, people expecting certain things about you, um, just certain things, people expecting you not to do your work. Or I, I mean, even today, like uh, my TA came around basically everybody and was like, have you done your stuff? Like, and he skipped everybody. It's just like stuff like that. People um, see you with earrings or like dreads and stuff, and they just expect certain things about you. And I think that can be hard to carry on campus because, you know, we're people. Sometimes we may not always be on it. Um, we may not always be 100%, but as black men, when we're not 100%, it looks different than, you know, a normal white kid who, you know, just comes to class, kind of doesn't listen. If we're in class, we're watching highlights or something, not taking notes, people are going to look at us differently. Definitely is noticed, for sure. Right. Yeah, kind of going off what Adam said, like, 
there's definitely been times where like you get like singled out because yeah like you're the only one there and um you kind of stick out in a way because like you know you're the only black person in class or whatever so it's definitely like yeah got to stay on top of your stuff because people are watching you and a lot of people aren't even used to like being around black people having them in class with them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that's also another challenge that comes with it so yeah i think as far as that too is like you know when a racial issue do come up and you raise your hand it to me it's it feels like all of the all of my white counterparts are just like oh here he go like we knew this was coming like so it's kind of just like and and I don't know if you know they really think cool. about that. Cool. No, I mean, but yeah, how they look at it and like, who cares if it, if that annoys them? Right. right. But it's just kind of just like, to me, it's like you know, like I'm I'm I shouldn't have to educate y'all, but mm-hmm. I'm educating y'all right now. So like, yeah. listen up. You feel me? Like, you're right though. We shouldn't have to. That's just part of that's part of who we are. Right. Okay. So um. The next thing is, how do y'all carry yourself emotionally and academically? I know that's, that might be a, a little hard topic, but um, I, I, this is actually one of my favorite topics, especially okay. when we talk about uh, emotions in black men, because I think that uh, a stereotype again is something that people just they look at us like we don't have emotions, right. or like something happens to us and we're not supposed to vent that. And as black men, that is something that has plagued our community and plagued ourselves as well, because. It's almost like subconsciously we think that we aren't supposed to have emotions either. Right. So when we deal with things, it's like um, it's we don't want to talk to anybody, but anybody about it. But um, how I like carry myself emotionally and academically, um, I feel like I talk to my friends about it. Uh, I think that that was a big reason in behind me wanting to start Boys to Men so that I can create a neutral point here on campus for black men to speak to each other and talk to each other about emotions, about school, about whatever it needed to be that they need to get off their chest. But um, I think that. Um, how I deal with it is just, you know, talking to my brothers about it and uh, making sure that I'm being open about my emotions and about how I feel on a daily basis. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm not that expressive, but it's not, I'm not a suppressor. I used to be the guy that I would feel something. I used to be emotionally confused. What, what I didn't used to know what would be the best emotion to put out hmm. or what's the easiest emotion to put out. So what I do and this is in any situation, whether it be being late to class or failing the test, you know, big big and small. Um, I just rationalize. Why do I feel like this? What's the best way to go about expressing how, why I feel like this? You know, some people, I feel like most people aren't as emotionally uh, strategized because they don't have that that knowledge or that experience to to uh to to be able to control their emotions. So what I do, like I said, I just rationalize and reason with myself before I have a, a out a outlash. Okay. You know, because a lot of energy can get wasted if you're not thinking before you react. You know, and so that can play a part, like I said, in any any aspect of life. Even outside of school. Mm-hmm. I think black men's mental health is extremely important because it's something that we're taught not to express. Mm-hmm. Um you know, everybody always tells you, you know, be tough, suck it up, you know, things like that. And throughout high school and just growing up, I always felt like I was that person that would kind of, you know, just kind of push my emotions to the side. And uh, if I would, quote unquote, take a loss, like just kind of act like it didn't happen. And eventually, like that stuff kind of starts to build up. And when you have nobody to share it with, like uh, I know a lot of black men don't, 
or like they feel like they can because people would think they're soft or whatever like that stuff can really affect you so I think just starting to talk to my brothers like I said like my best friends stuff like that talking to my parents like people who I know will have my back and care for me um definitely has like helped me because college is stressful Mm -hmm. without being a black man and I think when you put yourself here with people who don't necessarily look like you um it can absolutely add to that and if you're not sharing stuff it can really boil over yeah for me I feel like um kind of as I like got older and stuff I started like noticing it more and like um like figuring out ways to like combat like you know like the different emotions I had and everything like that and up here I feel like when I'm in like classes and stuff I kind of like keep to myself I kind of really don't like show a lot of like my personality or anything like that just because like it's a different space (laughs) and yeah you might you know feel weird like actually being yourself but when I'm at like org meetings or like MCC stuff like that that's where I feel like I'm like more open so it really depends on my environment and that's really like determines how like emotional I'll be that makes sense yeah I think for me I I, we're we're like because I think like I'm not as emotionally confused anymore Mm -hmm. but I definitely like being young and like living with a single mom like everything didn't make sense Mm -hmm. And, like, going to school, like, I'd just be like, man, I'm, I failed a test. My mom's going to be mad at me. Like, yeah. so now, like, I'm upset with myself because of how I'm going to make my mom feel. And, like, I'm sitting up there, like, I'm going to cry. And, like, it's just it's just hard because it's, like, I grew up learning, like, you know, instilled in my mind that, like, crying isn't going to, like, why are you crying? Like, wh- like, what's the problem? And, and in my head, I'm like, I don't know what the problem is. But, like, it was always just like, well, you shouldn't be crying. Like, you just shouldn't be crying because you're a man. Like, you feel me? Like, Ray, you bring up a good point with, with having a single mom because as young black men, <laughs> even if you did grow up with your dad, women are a lot more emotionally expressive. Mm -hmm. So if that's all you ever experienced growing up, which is how I was, I grew up with my mom and my sister. And, like, I know my dad. Like, he stayed in the same city as me, but I grew up with women. Hmm. And on my mom's side, I'm the only grandson. It's It's 10 grandchildren. I'm the only grandson. And then so I was just around women. And so it was a lot of emotions. And I wasn't an emotional kid because, like you said, we taught to not express that. But I'm like, dang, they are so emotional. And I'm suppressing mine, so yeah. like that doesn't make sense. They they humans too, so that's where that's another thing that caused me to find that balance between not gender emotions but human mm-hmm. emotions. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We all experience those same things, mm-hmm. so it's just it just has to be a balance, and it can depend on the individual or whatever gender you identify with. Everybody has to have have that balance. That's how you create that peace within yourself. Yeah, I, I definitely had to learn that like it's okay. Like, when I do cry, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's going to get better. But never to keep it in because I noticed, like, you know, I keep it in. Like, I kind of duck off and, like, hide in my little shell. And so, like, I, you know, I, I never get to talk to, every, like, a lot of people that I'm used to talking to. And people be like, is Raymond okay? Is Raymond okay? Mm-hmm. Whole time, like, I'm overthinking in the corner. So it's just, you know, like, I think 
since I've gotten, well, actually, since I've graduated high school and, like, gotten here, I've come to understand my emotions a little bit more. And it's just, like, you know, like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be all right. I think that, uh, uh, I think you said emotionally emotionally strategizing. Yeah. I think that's a that's a good way to kind of, kind of, solve things and ask myself a couple of questions to get to the the bottom. The solution. And it's good to, I'm sorry to keep talking about this, y'all, but that's the point of this. It's good to make sure you're experiencing those emotions when they happen because you hold them off. Now you just putting that that trauma off to experience it later. Right. You experience that shit. I mean, you experience that right now and so later down the line, you're not basically reliving the past. You know what I'm saying? Because what if something else happened you still living through that past trauma because you was afraid to deal with it in the moment. Deal with that right now. So just in case something else happens, Lord forbid, you are okay to keep going. You know what I'm saying? You're already stronger from that past situation. Right. That's my piece on that. Okay. Well, um, have y'all had... So while, are y- while y'all are in a classroom, have y'all ever been, like, treated differently by professors? Or have you... Do you know for sure, like... You know, you you kind of felt a vibe for him. Like, oh, oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Um, back to what we were talking about about um, to to build off of what Adam was speaking about. Um, if black men are not at a hundred percent, we're looked at as if we're failing completely. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have an off day and be at seventy five percent, and people get to asking us, "What's the problem? Like, you, what's going on?" And we just have an off day. Um, think that. Um, being a black man who has expressed um, interest in so many different things and obviously being intelligent in my classrooms, my professors expect way more out of me. And it's like I've always had those expectations in life, and I think that that comes with being a black man because or being a black person in general. But as being a black man, it's always been like you have to work 10 times harder. You have to work harder than everybody else. And when you begin to slip, people will look at you as if you failed already. Right. And so I think that uh, professors have always uh, basically tasked me with uh, staying at 100 percent throughout the entire semester as if. We're not going to have fall-offs throughout the semester. And so definitely get treated differently um, and have different expectations as a black male uh, in my classrooms. Uh, In my experience, um, I look the way I look. I look like, excuse my language, I look like a nigga. But how I articulate and how I present myself and how I interact with others, it throws throws the white people off. My, My professors, they know who I am. Because most of my class, I'm the only black dude in there. Mm-hmm. So they already know my name is Dill. And when they interact with me, they're like, oh, so you really know how to do this, that, and the third, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, this is this is why I came to school. Right. And so, and then to go back to what Real said, they start to hold me at that at that level. But it, it's almost as if they didn't expect me to be at that level, you know. So when they see it, it's like, oh, wow, this black guy is pretty adamant in whatever right. he's doing. And it throws me off, too, because it's like, well, not really, because I know what they expect of us compared to what they expect from people that look like them. So that's my experience. It throws them off how, for lack of a better word, how professional and um, elegant I handle myself. Um, I think for the most part, professors and just white people in general look at black people in one of two ways. You're either just the stereotypical, like, 
person who's slacking in rap music and all this stuff that they try and portray us as, or you're the anomaly, like you're going above and beyond. Look at Dale, he can, he's so articulate and things like that. And I think when we look at that and we look at how we're often taught, yeah, I just think stereotypes. So when, as a black student, I think coming to my teachers and saying, you know, when your office hours are trying to be involved, everybody's always excited because they're like, oh my gosh, it's this black kid who really wants to be academic. He really is about his grades and stuff. But the second that you don't show that, like we were talking about earlier, it's always just they assume that you're the other. They assume that you don't care. They assume all this stuff. But I always have found that when you do, um, when you're proactive with your academics and with your learning, um, people kind of take a liking to it because, like you said, they don't expect it from you. I can't tell how many times, like, I've talked about my GPA or like what I'm involved with on campus and like people are surprised and it's like this is a top journalism school in the country like mm-hmm. they're not just letting everybody in so I don't understand why you feel like that except for the fact that I am black because um, if I was a white kid saying the same things it would be expected because this is scripts and this is one of the best places so just building off of that um, being proactive in your learning so that you don't get shorted but still understanding that they will look at you different if you do um, i just say like yeah, like I feel like everybody else pretty much summed it up pretty well and kind of just like how I was talking about um, being singled out earlier. That's definitely going to be a thing that happens to you because, like I said, you like stand out um, to everybody else and professors look at you differently, um, expect you to act a certain way um, and might like have certain stereotypes about you or certain thoughts about you in their head already like before they even talk to you or anything. So. It's definitely just a whole different story. So, yeah, I agree. I um, right now I haven't had any like run-ins with professors. Like, you know, I don't get a. Sometimes I get a weird vibe, but I've never experienced that yet. And I hope I really hope I don't hear. Um, I think as far as though like me being a musician is really where it hits home, only because. Every time I tell people, like, oh, I, I'm a musician, the first thing they go to is, like, oh, you rap? You rap. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, I, I don't, I don't, no, I don't rap. Like, I'm a, I play an instrument. And they'll be like, oh, what instrument you play? And I'll be like, viola. And they'll be like, is that it? And I'll be like, piano as well. I play a little bit of that. But then they get like, they be like, oh, okay, like, that's cool. Like, what's viola? And I have to explain, like, oh, it's a string instrument. Oh, you play a string? Yeah. So, but, it's like when I play when I play something like classical, which is basically what the school of music is made for. It's just that Western music. It's kind of just like, oh man, like he can't play Bach, like he can't play Tchaikovsky, he can't play Brahms. Like, I mean, yeah, but you know, I, it took it took a it took a while to get there. Like, I, I mean, I put in the work. I didn't just you know I, I'm not just so. I think that's where. It, that's where it really like hit home for me is with like my future career. And I, I think it's gonna keep hitting home. But I think at the end of the day it's kinda just like what I think about it is like, you know, like I don't care. Like, you know, I know what I do, I know what I can do, I know like, you know, I know what I can do. Mm-hmm. All, and it all come full circle. I like how everybody is very confident in what they can do because that's why we're here, right? So yeah. it's like the fact that the expectation for all of us is so low but we still achieve so high, you know what I'm saying? We're doing what we're supposed to do. And I yes, think sir. on the flip, the expectation for 
our white classmates is that they should be able to do that. If they weren't able to play that, it would be weird to mm -hmm. administrators yeah. if they weren't able to communicate as a journalist or if they weren't able to articulate how what their career plans are as far as pre-law goes. It would be weird to people. But as mm -hmm. black men, if we're looked at as slacking, it's normalized, which is really what the issue is. So I think carrying that and understanding that we're trying to break that is super important on campus. Facts. Right. So our next topic is dating. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we kind of all know this the answer to this question, but do y'all think um, there is a fetish, fetish, fetish? Oh my lord! Yeah, something like that. Of black men, <laughs> is that real with white women? Oh, it's realer than real. It's it's like it's, it's as real it's kind of scary. Real. It's as it's as real as it gets, especially here on campus. It's not so, cool either. Like, it's historically not cool. That's why it's scary. Be, being a black man, who uh, I'm not gonna get there yet, but I will say that the encounters that I've had with white women here on this campus are scary. If I was a woman and uh, it was white, and if it was white men doing the things that white women do to us, black mm -hmm. men, yeah, it would be like. Everybody on this campus will be canceled. It will get reported. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. and, and it's kind of it, it's irritating because um, it's like I don't want to be looked at like that. I don't want to be. It happened to me this weekend, bro. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off, bro. Just we in a bar and some white girl just like come up to me dancing on me. I just gave her a look like, bro, get out of here. She like, what? You don't want to dance with me? I'm like, no. Look <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about the cuss. Like, no, bro. It's just <laughs> and they get like offended because they. It's, it's black dudes out there that be going for it. Mm -hmm. And then there's dudes like us that be like, no, I don't like you. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and they get offended. <laughs> That's how I talk to us, really. Chill. There you go. No, I oh. nah, you got it. I, I just think, that. like, it, it absolutely is real. And I like the point that you said about how if it was flipped, um, it would absolutely be a problem. Um, but yeah, I think it's real. And I think that it's more of just the pursuit of the idea of, mm -hmm. I mean, cause I think in popular culture, it's so normalized and people see like, Ky like the Kardashian just family. Mm -hmm. Um, they're always successful black men. And I think when people see that, they think that's what that is. If you have a black guy as a white girl, you're cooler or you're hip or something, mm -hmm. but it's not actually about the person. And I think so many people don't see that and they don't recognize that. And there are a lot of people who are losing. <laughs> like to put it simply Put it simple Real shit Um So yeah I think Um Bro <laughs> Chill Um I think Yeah personally Like yeah I've definitely seen it a lot Cause I went to like A predominantly white high school as well And it's kind of The same things going on And um It's also a thing where like The parents Are like Really racist Or something like that mm -hmm. And then like The girl just wants to like Rebel against that yeah. Or whatever And like yeah go against the grain, stuff like that. So that's the thing. Especially, sure. like, in college. I think that was the biggest thing from high school to college is, like, a lot of white girls weren't necessarily on that, and I feel like now that they have just the freedom and they're just yeah. at school and they can do stuff with black people all the time and not necessarily have to look at their parents in the eyes, they can get away with that, which is not okay. Yeah. I literally, like, probably two days, I think it was Monday, I went to go get something to eat, and I was walking back home, and I'm walking past this white girl, and she gonna look at me, and she gonna she soon as she walked past me, she like you fine, bro. I ain't never walked so fast in my <laughs> life, bro. Oh, God. Bro, 
That, that's weird. I was like, I never did not just hear that in my ears. And it's, oh, my bad. No, you good, you good. Uh, and I hate, I'm not a judgmental person, but I feel like the black men who are accepting that fate and, and living <laughs> that life, we need to talk to them. And yo, they're not hip to some stuff. You know, I, I also think that um, it has something to do with the fetishization of our culture and yeah. of black men in general. Um, I've hey, heard good we, like we make them cool. Yeah, like we about the like makes it seem cool part. A lot of black men on this campus in general, you know, are athletes in a sense. And so I've heard yeah. women say, um, yeah, I want to like do things with a black man so that we can have an athletic child or the fetish. Well, they say mixed babies. Mixed babies. That one is like, so that's crazy. Like, that's insane. insane. That's a crazy life, I yeah. swear. It's insane. Okay. So, um, question, another question. Uh, do y'all date black girls, white girls? Black women only. Black women only. Um, I'll say that... Um, uh, I don't I, I, I don't like white women That's not my preference I'm not saying I don't like them That's, I don't prefer to talk to them But I, um, I, I talk to black women And I talk to other women as well Other races um, I have no problem with talking to uh, Latina women or anything like that um, But I don't know The way that I was raised And the fact that uh, In my high school Was co- comprised of 100% black people Like I didn't go to school With any um, white people at all I've just never um, created Or I've never grown an interest in white women yeah same my high school I think we had literally we had three white kids the whole time I was there mm-hmm. and so I guess I never like if I guess I guess if I went to a white high school or like predominantly white I would have some sort of experience even interacting with white women I don't even know how to interact with them mm-hmm. on that type of flirtatious level or anything Agreed. like that I only know how to talk to black women and even other women of color. I won't say I only mess with black women. I've messed with uh, women of Hispanic cultures and maybe some Asian. But either way, I've never interacted with, with a white woman on that type of level. And even though it's my preference to keep it that way, I think it's my preference to respect my culture as well. Mm-hmm. Because, like, yeah, we, we could talk about that another day. Yeah, yeah. I think growing up in New Jersey, we just had like a diverse population. So the people who the black men who did talk to only white girls, it was like you had to kind of try to do that. I think out here, some people just kind of get lost and they just feel like they have nobody else to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, So growing up, I never really uh, used to talk to any white girls for real because there were just so many black girls and it was so many girls of other races. And I felt like the white girls back home, I couldn't, like you said, like I just didn't know how to talk to them. Like we don't like the same music. We don't like, like we literally don't like any we of the same stuff. We don't relate on no level. Um, and I think it's just easier, you know, to talk to somebody who shares the same experiences as you, um, which also leads to talking to other races because those people do kind of share some of that, um, just not being white and being minorities. So <laughs> That's a great experience. All right, I'm gonna need y'all to hear me out, okay? So, (laughs) all right, all right. I'm gonna need y'all to hear me out. Okay. So I, I personally like, I don't have like any sort of, well, like any sort of preference for real. Um, you know what I mean. But um, going to a predominantly white middle school and high school, my experience was different because. There weren't a lot of black girls around. Like I wasn't really able to interact with them a lot because they would usually be with like white friend groups, and then they would be like only like white boys or whatever, something like that. 
So for me, I felt like um, I I that probably built like an attraction to them because I mean that was the only like race of girls I was around at the time going into high school. Now I know it's like a controversial thing and everything, but that was your um, experience. Though. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just like a whole different thing. So right now, I am dating a white girl, but I feel like. Um, my experience with her has been different than like you know like the normal thing like the fetish, fetish. I forgot to say the word fetishization or whatever because um, I feel like um like we were, we were like just talking and stuff like that like we would talk about different topics like um like our family um my experience like as a black man and stuff like that and just telling her like um you know like stuff I go through and everything like that just like. Mm-hmm making her listen to, like, what I have to go through and everything like that. And um, I don't know. I just felt like it was just, like, a different circumstance this time around because, like, I mean, I knew all about, like, the physicalization and everything like that. And when I got here, like, I saw the black woman. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but um, I don't know. It was just, like, yeah. I, I just kind of, like, connected with her, like, through a friend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know, like we're kind of alike in some ways and everything like that. So she is it's cool. definitely a different experience. She is cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I I'm actually dating a black woman. So, uh, I like any other race. I don't really. No, <laughs> no, I no. See my see, I'm different because like I went to a I went to a white. I think elementary school for a little bit and then I went to a white middle school from fifth to eighth grade mm-hmm. and it was kind of just like I never had like any interest in white women like I I really don't now I, I, mean, I don't think I ever will <laughs> but I mean I date any you know I like Asian women and I love I love black women. That's me too. Love love is an understatement, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'll say to like all the brothers that's gonna listen to this podcast, you know, just because it's not my preference to date white women doesn't mean that you Thanks. should deny yourself love if it's found. Like Jaira yeah. said, he, he yeah. loves his girl, has a good time with his girlfriend. If you find something that feels right, that that you think is right like do what you want what you think you should do don't allow anybody else's um preference or their opinion on how you should be as a black man because that's what we're talking about how people stereotype us don't allow anybody's thought of how you should be as a black man change how you are going to be and what makes you happy yeah yeah i think building off of that i mean my sister-in-law is white so i kind of have a different experience from my brother just how we grew up i mean he's from a very white area he grew up in lexington kentucky so that was kind of his experience and i was kind of able to understand that and she's somebody that we respect a lot because she's tried to you know understand and has really taken a conscious effort to be an ally and really just understand that her kids are going to end up being black and just what she needs to do as a mother um so I think that you sh- like it shouldn't just be the stigma that everybody who messes with white girls is a coon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that it is somebody's preference. I think when people go overboard and they, you know, make like little comments about black women to uh, bring up white women, yeah. um, that's when it can go a little overboard. That's but where I think it hits home. That's when it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely think that there are situations in where there are just people who find love, and there are white women who genuinely try and are trying to do the right thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm glad you said that because it's 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 a it's and it's a lot of people our age. That are still saying stuff like that, where it's just like, yeah. oh, I don't date black women because they loud and and they they with so ghetto and sentence with a black mom, by yeah, and 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 they're ratchet and they like they, they and yeah, like they, those people hate that. I'm saying, and it's like you didn't have to like if you like somebody, just say that. Why did you have to go and say all that? Exactly. Yeah, you literally just yeah. wasted your breath. Cool. I love my black women. Sure. <laughs> no. You and me both. <laughs> and like going off of that, I feel like there's also a thing like even like walking around campus with her, like there's obviously like that assumption like, oh, he he wants them <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But it's but, different for you yeah. because well, in my eyes, because I've seen you mess with other people. That's yeah. that's that, that is are black. Too, yeah. So I feel you know, like I don't look at it differently. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And I feel like yeah, like the um I also saw some of that, like where it was like, I don't, I don't mess with black girls, like at my predominantly white school, like with black guys there, yeah, because they were just like, there was like a trend at times where it was just like, oh yeah, I'm only, I only want to date like white women and stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Snow, that's that's yeah, what they the, say, yeah, snow bunnies, snow bunnies, it's, stuff, it's just, whatever. It's just so weird. I think it's just such a circular effect because um, I think the fetishization of black men by white women and them wanting us on different type of levels creates a level of submissiveness that they tend to try to bring to us as black men. Like, um, white women sometimes, in my experience, act like as if they're going to cater to my every need, and, like, that's what I want. Like, that's what I'm going to yeah. need. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not what I... It's not what I want out of my woman. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> like, so. And I, that's a good point where I think that uh, black dudes that... Uh, y'all been talking about how like they speak down on black women to to project the white woman on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I think those dudes are insecure because they know that black women don't go for BS. Black black woman gonna hold yeah. you to her standards. Right. Not saying that white women don't do that either, but it's like that's just the culture. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Black women are they hold themselves to a standard, and so they hold their man to that standard. Right. If a dude can't meet that standard, they gonna they're gonna, the yeah. they gonna let you they know. They're gonna let you know. They will let you know. The white woman that's submissive. Right. And I think we talk about the fetishization of black men, but I think the flip is how black men have fetishized white women. Because mm. um, it's a. Because it's different. It feels different. And it's like yeah. you're dating a white girl. Like you feel cool. Like you have this white girl doing all this stuff for you because you're yeah. black and you know her parents and stuff don't approve. So and you feel you better money, about yourself. And it's like all that is emotion. just kind of corny. And it definitely derives from like slavery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fact, and it's sure. like the fact that we're still here is like absolutely says something because Glad white women have that. been pushed to a pedestal where it's like. You know, if you flirt with a white woman, you get hung. If you do all this, like, they lynch you. You do all this. So I think now when people have the opportunity and they're like, oh, I can talk to all these white women. I have all these white women listening to rap music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, some of my closest friends say this stuff, and I just shake my head. Like, I, I literally don't get it. <laughs> like, it, it makes no sense. Exactly. And I say this, like, this is literally just a pitfall of, like, racism and slavery that we continue to fall for. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay, so um, so y'all know like, y- 
y'all know it's not like it's a it's a lot of black it's more black women than black men on campus um but it's it's still a limited number mm-hmm. so um what are some what are some challenges with that and like how do you approach <laughs> y'all ready how do you approach how do you approach that like with that thought in mind I think like some of the challenges that um, I face talking to black women here on this campus, especially being the fact that um, it's just a limited number of them, is the the struggle between relationships and dating. Uh, the fact that we're in college and everybody isn't going to be in a relationship or be together forever. And then um, the fact that there not being so many women here on campus, it's like... Once you talk to one person, yeah, it's like talk since everybody people. since everybody's friends, all the girls are friends. That's if true. you talk to one of them, it's they like they all hip, they all and it's chalk yeah. from there. Like it's like it's not happening. Nah, like yeah, it's chalk. But, but it can only be chalk if you allow it to be. You have to be it honest. Depends on, it depends Amen. on how you interact with them. You stay honest. You keep everything a book. You know they know what y'all interaction is made of and what it's not made of. You can do as you please. Okay. Uh, I think some of the challenges just being on the younger side, especially my freshman year, um, I basically came into it not really talking to white girls because I wasn't used to that. Um, And I noticed that, like, one, a lot of the black girls that I thought looked good were older, so they just wouldn't necessarily (laughs) go for me. Um, (laughs) And then um, I think what I did want to speak on, though, is in defense of some of my friends who have white girlfriends, because I know some of them have, like, simply been like, dude, like, like, I'm trying, like, the black girls just don't mess with me. And I'll be like, no, it's not true. You got to shoot. And then I'll see it, and I'll be like, dang. Dang. And it's like... at a certain point, it's one thing to discriminate, and I, I understand why that's wrong. But at a certain point, if you if you keep getting dragged, eventually you got to get a bucket. Like, that's basically <laughs> what I would say. Like, I, you're going to willingly keep losing trying to do this, or which is what my friends are saying. Or they'll go and they'll talk to a white girl who, like, genuinely they feel like likes them, and they mm-hmm. feel like they can be comfortable around them and stuff like that instead of, quote-unquote, playing games and stuff with black girls that they do like, and they know that they're talking to other dudes and stuff like that that they might necessarily want at the time you gotta play the, you gotta play the game too though bro like we at that age where and I, I feel like this really goes with the topic we at that age where everybody's having fun everybody's here for the same reason nobody's about to unless that's their intention mm-hmm. be emotionally tied up in the situation you know what i'm saying especially when we only at this place for four to five years and like people you're never gonna see again why would you you know what i'm saying go out your way to try to be tied to a person forever. So, and even if that's not how people are moving, it's just better to be free flowing and going with the motion. If that's not the type of life you want to live, don't mm-hmm. go with that type of motion. Find somebody that sticks with what you need. Like right. you were saying, some some people just don't have success in certain fields, so they try a different field, and that's where they <laughs> that's where they get in. Hold on, let me hop on real quick. All I want to say this is, is the <laughs> men's takeover, bro. This All is I the men's say, takeover, wait, bro. Wait, 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 wait. All I want to say is that next week we're doing the women's takeover. So all of this BS that they talking about, we're going to be talking about it. Yes. I, I feel like we're being open-minded. I know. I know. <laughs> so me too. Yeah, go ahead, Jared. That was Honestly. Yeah, go ahead, man. Man. I say like my first year, That's crazy. I was kind of the same way. Like the older women here, I was like, man, I don't even got a chance, bro. I'm not even going <laughs> to go for that. But um, also like in high school, like how I was talking about, like I was surrounded by white people. Um, it was definitely hard at first. Like, um, you know, like, trying to, like, really, like, um, interact, like, with black women. 
um, mm. in that way. Like I would, I'm not even gonna lie, I would definitely get rejected and stuff like that. Like I'll be like, dang, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. But um, yeah, it was definitely just a thing where like um, I don't know, just like getting adjusted, like um, just because that's not the environment I was really in. And everything like that, and you know, like yeah, I was I was trying and stuff, but like yeah. yeah. But before you go, I just wanted to add about that getting rejected piece. It, it's so crucial too, cause like you said, how <laughs> like the friends talking stuff. Like once you get rejected, if you try and slide Ooh. on a friend, everybody gone. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. So once you get rejected, it's already a limited number. It's like a line of rejection. But the friend <laughs> might the friend might not reject you. You know what I'm saying? It could have been talks of her friend wanted you, and that's why. She rejected she reject, you, yeah, on, and she's waiting yeah. on you to go shoot at her friend. She that. might not just tell you that. And then she's going to be like, oh, no, you shot at my friend. It's slow yeah. now. Yeah. You gonna, you, <laughs> you you gonna what be they got to do with you? And then I'm going to tell you you're childish. Yeah, what they got to do with you? <laughs> That's crazy. It's, it's way. Yeah, so I think for me, <laughs> stay over there. Right. Um, I, think, I, no, I think for me, like, as far as, like, talking to black women, and not like in, even in a relationship type thing. It's just like it's. I'm gonna be real with y'all. I just be myself. I'm not gonna lie. Facts. I'm not even gonna hold y'all. Like I just be like, Yo, what's up? How you doing? You know, I'm Ray. Introduce myself, major. Nice. Right. Nice. I don't. And then I just carry on. That's it. And I. I mean. And that's another friend. Like mm-hmm. you feel me? Like. And that's what everybody. That's I, what gets them. Yeah. You be nice and carry on. He, dang, he ain't shoot his shot at me. Nah, to I'm being cool. <laughs> I mean, what else can I do? Right. <laughs> what else can I do? I'm about to press you. Right. But I, you know, I there's nothing really difficult. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I definitely would say that uh, being yourself is a big part um, of like talking to black women on this campus because every woman isn't for you. Just because a girl is pretty and because you're attracted to her physically doesn't mean that she's for you mentally or that you can talk to her, that she can connect with you on any level. And so you may be trying. That's why I really stress, like, no free attention. Because you may be trying so hard to talk to somebody. And when you finally, they may finally give you a chance after you didn't try it all and did all of this. And then you find out, I don't even like this person. Oh, no, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Women can also feel when you acting off too. Yeah, that's true. When you're not being that's they, true. They more masters of energy than we are. Yeah. So like we might think we putting off some real game, and she like, this dude is BS. I'm like for sure. She <laughs> yeah. she already hip to us. She seen it. She seen us do it the whole night with thirteen other girls. You know what I'm saying? She's not no goofy. So. She didn't even have to see me. She imagined it. Right. <laughs> see? But nah. Um. Damn, I forgot what I was about to say. My fault. But um, let's see. What about um? I'm gonna go ahead. Nah, I'll, I'll, go ahead. You oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say um, what about dating outside of Athens? Like, oh, that's motion. Oh, word. <laughs> no, it's not motion. It's not motion. <laughs> my entire sophomore year, I was in a relationship my sophomore year, and <laughs> I'm telling you, loser. I'm telling you, I was in a, a, a relationship my sophomore year, and she lived. She went to O State. I I went here. Oh. Bruh. Dang, bro. They said dating, not relationships. Okay, well, dating outside of Athens, it was like, okay, <laughs> it was cool. Like, I had to, was traveling to Columbus and things like that, but I feel like it just was like so butt because Athens is just such an isolated place. That's true. And so, on those days where you like, 
uh, so bored and you're not doing nothing. It's like you got a girlfriend, you want to see your girl. It's like, dang, I'm in this she town know. surrounded by mountains and trees, and yeah. I got a girlfriend. I'm here by myself. Like, yeah, it ain't nothing to do. It's not. Much I be sense. thinking about that. I'm like, man, it'd be cool. I don't if, even want to bring nobody down. Right. I really don't. Yeah. Like, what is there? What literally is there to do? Like, what are we going to do? We're going to go on Court Street, go to one restaurant, yeah. and that's it. That's no, the day. Like, everybody taking a girl to El Tanampa. It's not my <laughs> I'm not going to El Tanampa, man. I'm, I'm sick of it. That's the hibachi spot. You're going to get sick from that. Yeah, you're going to get sick from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hip. I'm hip Sorry, with them. But they outside of Athens. I feel like I got a different meaning of dating, but I know what the general mean is. So like, I'm not going to even try to word it like that. If you dating outside of your campus, just be careful. That's all. Like, don't get hurt. Yeah, don't get hurt. And like, cause odds are not maybe not odds are from what I've seen from experiences and from my experiences, everybody got a roster. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and that's not a good assumption. But it's a safe assumption until proven otherwise. Fellas, fellas, be safe out here. Be safe. Nah, especially if she goes to another school. Like, you will be on the dorm room floor by yourself. Get yourself like, a roster. You're going to be throwing up and crying. When exactly. I say everybody got a roster, that means have everybody. a roster yourself. And, exactly. that's not, and that's not me coming from a hurt, a hurt place. Nobody's ever hurt me or nothing like that because everybody's human. I just, I know how some people might react to certain Just don't situations. put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, basically, what, what Daryl said. Yeah, I I say like just from what I've seen too, like with long distance here, like um like I see somebody like like they dating but they at different colleges and like a couple weeks later it's over, you know what I mean? <laughs> just because like you seeing all these new people and things like that and like you're just away from each other, so like that connection isn't there for real. Um, I I feel like it can work if like that connection is really strong enough, mm-hmm. but personally I don't know. Okay, Adam, you got anything? Just, I mean, my experience with dating, like, outside is a little bit different because I'm not from Ohio, so, like, and I didn't have a car last year, so it was kind of a little bit weird. It was just about if Shorty was, like, coming to Athens type. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's cool. Like, you should do it, but I also don't think it's a smart thing to do if that's the only person that you're talking to and she doesn't go to OU. Facts. Definitely. Uh, I just wanted to say, like, it's not very easy for me to talk to multiple women. On this campus, I feel like, uh, like you mean like my fault. I ain't mean to interrupt you. You mean like talk, talk like, like talking, date, yeah, like okay, dating okay, okay. multiple okay. women. Like I feel like okay. it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just draining. Like I feel like I don't have the, I don't have the attention span to text. I don't have the attention span to text one person at a time. I can't have the attention span to text three, right, or four, yeah. right, or five. Like it's not motion. No, that's great. Uh, me personally, I would never. I mean, it's possible. I've done it. I would never <laughs> mess with multiple women on one campus. That's just like a lot of pressure, in a sense, you know. And even you could be as honest, as honest as, as possible. Mm-hmm. That's how I move. As honest as possible. It's still a lot of pressure to move a certain way with each of them. So back to the previous conversation, have them on different campuses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyways, okay, so, Dale, you brought up a point about, um, like, talking about, like, dating in a sense or whatever. But 
So what do y'all think is the difference between talking, dating, and being in a relationship? And what is the limitations in all of them? No, let me go, go ahead, Dale. Go ahead, Dale. Talking, that is the initial stage where getting to know each other, finding out what you like about me, what I like about you, what you don't like, et cetera, et cetera. Dating, we are taking each other kind of serious. That means we are willing to be out in public together. You know what I'm saying? I already know what you like about me. I already know what I like about you. Anything else is like a surprise because we didn't know it. Know that in the talking stage relationship, y'all locked in. We together. You, sh- you shouldn't be cheating. You can post each other, whatever the case may be. Whatever comes in. in, a, in, in but it's also subjective. All those terms are subjective. Some people's experiences are different. Mm-hmm. Some people might think talking is relationship. Some people might think relationship <laughs> is free will to do whatever. That's their experience. That's what they used to. Then who are we to tell them otherwise, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's all I, about communication. I'm happy that you said said it about it being subjective because I was always um, taught. My mother always told me that like you could date as many people as you wanted. My mom always told me I could date as many yeah. people as I wanted. You dating is kind of how your talking stage is kind of my dating stage for myself. I feel like dating for me is me getting to know who you are because. I'm taking you out on a date, or maybe we gonna go do something, or I'm not, I'm a cook for you, or we we I'm trying to get to know you first, and that's us dating. And then if I'm talking, if we talking, I feel like that's us hitting that next stage for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, we we actually getting a little bit more serious. We talking more on the daily. Like I'm texting you more, I'm Facetiming you more. I think like I use talking and dating interchangeably. Like I think it's really only two stages. I feel like you meet the girl and y'all just text or whatever. Y'all figure out whether or not y'all like each other, mm-hmm. and then y'all mess with each other until basically y'all are able to say, um, like we're gonna date. I think up until then you don't really have an obligation to like mm-hmm. necessarily word. commit if we're just talking and we haven't talked about it yet I think commitment comes in when we start talking about like actually having a relationship you're actually my girlfriend stuff like that mm-hmm. I think I'm I think I'm with you Dale I think I'm with the like when we're talking I'm getting to know you mm-hmm. type thing but I think as far as dating I, I think I'm with you cause I'm taking you out like you know we, I'm making you dinner you make it like you know mm-hmm. and then in a relationship, that's when, you know, we locked in. I think it's all about how um, it's been portrayed, me growing up, basically. Because, like, most of the time when, like, somebody asks you about somebody, like, uh, like, oh, y'all talk? Like, I think it's all about what's saying, like, oh, y'all talk? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we talk. Like That's like, a, like I mess with them. Like, I mess with them. Right. And that's, that's, like, my second, that's like my second stage. Because if I'm willing to admit to somebody that we talk, Facts. then it's like, okay, yeah, we there then. Because I'm not going to tell, like. If a girl, another random girl asked me or she asked somebody, like, oh, yeah, y'all talk. I'm like, yeah, we talk. And if I'm willing to admit that to a, to somebody else, then it's like, yeah, we in that second stage because I must like you, like, on some type of level if I'm willing to tell somebody that, yeah, we talk. Like, because that's, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> okay, this is my last question. Yeah, I'm going to leave y'all. Yeah. Take over. Oh, oh, women's I'm, was next week. Right. We, we coming in. Y'all can, I was supposed to say, y'all can come and interrupt us. <laughs> um, but... So, like, in which stage are you exclusively only talking? Or I don't know how to, I don't even know which word to use. When are you only, I guess, communicating with them? Like, when do you eliminate the rest of your... In the middle between the talking stage and the relationship stage. I was going to say, I only really, like, jack a relationship if it happens naturally. Like, if I just start talking to you and I'm like, I don't want to talk to no other girls and I can sense that you don't really have a roster for real, then Mm -hmm. I'll be like, this is somebody I can date. I don't think, like, but if I never get that vibe, like, we'll talk for 10 years. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
and I find a girlfriend while we talking. That's crazy. See, I think I think this is the truth. Though he's literally we communicate that we commit, and that's when I that's when I'm done talking to everybody when we communicated that already. See, I think it's so hard, like being 22 and like being where I'm at in life right now. It's like. Like, your vibe got to be some crazy. Like, I got to look at you and be like, yeah, I don't want to talk to nobody else. For me to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be <laughs> in a relationship with you. Like, you're on a campus full of women and you're young. So women are just everywhere. Young women are everywhere. So for you to really be able to say that, like. Like, it's like, I must really like. Because I had a girlfriend before where I'm like, yeah, I'm not cheating on her. I, I love her. Like, I only want to talk to her. Loser, but uh, <laughs> that's not loser. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's real love. That's real love. Though. Like yeah. you feel me? I'm just being funny because I, I guess I'm a single man right now, so I can make those type of jokes. <laughs> Y'all chill over there. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, I, I I just think that you know, like I think that they're definitely. I think the line between talk for me, the line between talking and relationship is so thin that sometimes it's hard to know where you're at if that communication isn't there. Like, nowadays in our in our generation, it's like people don't communicate anything nowadays. Like, sometimes they do, but, like, nowadays it's like everybody's supposed to just go for the flow with the flow and women expect me to read their mind and know what they think. And so it's like the line between talking and relationship beca- can become so thin and to the point where you can't see it anymore to where, like, sometimes you may not even get to that relationship part because y'all done did everything in the talking stage that relationship people do. But the communication is so key, bro, because so even, key. even if you are talking with a shorty or with a woman, I'm sorry, talking with a woman and you tell her, like, yeah, at this point in my life, I'm only willing to go this far with you. I, I'm still going to do this, that, and the third. She's going to be like, okay, I thank you for being honest with me. And she probably going to go do her thing too. Mm-hmm. But at least y'all have communicated that. And y'all know that I can trust them enough to where they're going to communicate when there's something going on. And let's say y'all get done doing y'all thing, y'all own individual things, and now y'all want to lock in and commit. Y'all have entrusted each other enough throughout that time to where, you know what I'm saying, y'all locked in. Y'all ain't got no reason to to cheat and lie lie to each other because y'all ain't never did nothing like that before. What's the point of doing that now? Right. And I also think acknowledging, like, some people you shouldn't necessarily just cuff just because you like them at the time. Like, I feel like yeah. I look at, quote, unquote, my roster if I'm going to tell them myself a little bit. And it's like I see girls back home that I would be like, her in a grown stage, like, I would not be mad if that was my wife for real. But I know cuffing her and like, trying to do long chalk. distance, it's like, it would bullshit. be chalk and I would never speak to her again. So it's like, you kind of have to maintain that, like, yeah, we're talking and you know how I feel about you and, like, communicating that. But at the same time, like, just because we haven't taken that next step doesn't mean that I don't like you. It's just because I'm not necessarily trying to mess this up. Def- that, 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 mess this up. That's really that's really actually that's something that not a lot of men understand, Adam. Like I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, people can you can be with the right person at the wrong time. Yeah. And um that's like one of the worst feelings ever to like look mm-hmm. back and be like, dang, I wish I would have met them four years later. And or I wish I you know, like that's horrible. And so I think that that's why communication is such a big thing like they were saying because like if you get into a relationship with somebody and y'all know like okay maybe this isn't going to work right now but we shouldn't just hold on to this until it's like destroy our friendship yeah because then there's no maybe down the line or four years later because at that point y'all held on to something too long without communicating y'all feelings for each other and so i think that that's something that a lot of people should definitely understand a lot not a lot there are some individuals who, despite communication, 
And the word that is used to now today is delusional. delusional. <laughs> Some individuals are delusional, and despite no, how real. much you communicate with them, they want the picture to be something that is not. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that. Me too. You treat people a certain way that they're not used to being treated, this like outside of a relationship or outside of some some type of commitment, then they just assume that you feeling how they feel, even though you've communicated the opposite. They think you're trying to protect yourself. This I'm just treating third. you good. I'm just trying to. I'm just treating you like a, a decent person. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm messing with you. You giving me. I'm sorry. We having sexual intercourse and what and whatnot like that. And we trade energies. Of course, I'm gonna treat you nice. That don't mean yeah. my girlfriend though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you communicate that, you can't go wrong. Girls yeah. be on the same stuff though. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. They just like us for real. I know they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Some some dudes can't handle that though. For real. They really can't. I don't got the mindset. <laughs> um, our last topic is mental health. Um, so we all know like it's hard to kind of balance college life and mental health. Well, for me it is a little bit. I don't know about for y'all, but um, y'all know there's this there's this stigma behind um black men like going to therapy and like not showing emotion, being nonchalant. What y'all think about like you know going to therapy and and all that. Okay, so I'm going to start with, like, the college life and, like, mental health. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, I feel like I definitely had to, like, make sure, like, like with my classes and stuff, I had to be on a certain schedule mm. so I can know, like, what free time I have to, like, just, like, get away from work because yeah. it's stressful, like, going to the classes, um, making sure you got all your stuff done, also making sure you're eating and making sure mm. it's a whole lot of, it's, yeah. like, a whole different level of things. And, um... I was talking to Raymond about this, like, a while ago, but it was, like, a thing where it was, like, like, you could always, like, be working on something. Yeah. Especially, like, in music, like, we both have, like, lessons we have to, like, attend every week. Yeah. We have, like, lesson, like, stuff we have to practice. And sometimes I'm, like, I'm not even going to practice this because, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, like, too much for you. Like, yeah. you don't want to, like, overwhelm yourself because I've definitely overwhelmed myself to the point where I just, like, shut down and just stop doing stuff in general. So it was to a point where I had to, like, realize, like, I have to find the time, you know, like, to prioritize my mental health and do stuff that I enjoy, like, play the game or go to sleep or eat, you know what I mean? And um, with mental health, I say, like, um, obviously, yeah, there's always been, like, a little thing where it's, like, we don't show emotions and everything like that. But I think it's really important that we do, um, especially... When it comes to relationships, I know we were just talking about that. Like, you have to be open with your partner about that stuff, like how you're feeling. Like, if something like made you feel a type, a certain type of way, like you can't just like be like, no, oh, no, it's cool. Like, you gotta communicate that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's the thing. Like, I had to learn as well. Like growing up, like you have to express those emotions, or it's just not gonna be good for you. Yeah. Um all I want to say is, well, um, not all I want to say, but go to therapy, definitely. Um, something that has uh, changed my viewpoint on this completely is the emergence of athletes that I look up to or men, black men in uh, black in, in spaces that I look up to um, owning up to therapy and talking about how much it has helped them and how much it has helped them relieve past stress and trauma that they've been through. Um Draymond Green, one of the biggest people, and one of his shows is first in the, the first 
opening like point of the show is him sitting down with a therapist and talking to him about his problems, what he's been through, uh, helping him cope with his um, anger management. And like black men, like we need that. Like all like coming from where I come from in the inner city of Cleveland, like I can tell you, I don't know one black man of my friends that has ever been to therapy, but I know many that have been through traumatic events and experiences that half of the people or most people in this world will never deal with or will never even experience. And so I think that um, us opening up uh, to each other allows for a path to be created for us to dwell into therapy and to learn more about our mental health so that we can understand our emotions because understanding our emotions is key to um, basically uh, controlling them. And so go to therapy. For real. I ain't been yet, but I will be. I think the athlete point was um, really important that you said that because I remember I was watching a podcast that I watched and DeMar DeRozan was on there and I know Mm -hmm. he's really big on mental health. And he was talking about how growing up in Compton, it was the same sort of stigma like, you know, black men, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to always stand tough because I feel like as black men, we're forced to grow up a lot younger Mm -hmm. than we are just from what we see of how we're portrayed and stuff that we go through personally. Um, and hearing him talk about it and then hearing him say he always pushed it to the side until somebody basically told him, if you tore your ACL, you would go get surgery. If you had a flu, you would go mm-hmm. like get medicine. So why do you, are you acknowledging that there is something wrong with your mental health and you're not going to fix it? When I heard that, it completely changed my mindset on it because it was like I knew at the time I was going through stuff and I was just pushing it to the side. I was like trying to do stupid stuff like go to the gym and like. I don't know, work on my podcast more and stuff that wasn't really addressing it. That was kind of distracting me. And I feel like so many times we do that. And I think sometimes you do need therapy or you do need, if it's medicine or whatever you may need, take care of it yourself. Because I feel like the worst thing that could happen is you hurting yourself or just completely shutting down and not being successful because you're afraid to ask for help. Like that is the worst thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, How do I best deal with mental health? I guess I kind of spoke on it already just just rationalizing why I feel a certain way. How can I not feel this way no more? What can I do that's productive? Like, Jai was making a good point. Um, just taking time off from all the pressures and not pressures that we feel from society, but that we also put on ourselves. you know what I'm saying? Just take time to even talking to yourself. People might think, oh, that's crazy. Literally just sit down and talk to yourself out loud yeah. and talk about what situation is going on. If you're in the shower, in the car, your room, whatever. Talk to yourself out loud and reason with what you are feeling. If you feel that stuff out loud, even if nobody's around, you're going to be like, well, I don't even, that don't even sound right. Let me correct this and express it in a different way. That's really how I do it. I talk to myself all day. Yeah, me and too. I don't even feel crazy no more doing it because that's how I got to this point of, of emotional awareness. Nobody knows me like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not downplaying therapy or talking to your friends and your family. But nobody knows you like you, you know what I'm saying? You Only you know ex- your experiences, you know how those experiences made you feel. So if you feel anything similar, excuse me, if you feel anything similar to what you've already felt, you're going to know how to react to it, even if it's on a larger scale, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you react in a, a larger way, but you are aware of, of how you're reacting instead of just throwing something out there. So mental health is definitely uh, something that I've been focused on since my sophomore year in high school. That was like a dark time for me, people dying and and stuff like that was going on in my family. But 
I felt like alone in a sense, you know. But then I thought about it like, you're not alone. You got all these friends, family, people that support you, but they not they don't understand how you feel. That's why mm-hmm. I feel alone. And that's when I started to like really get into my own self, my own spirit about how how am I gonna deal with life? Like me and Real was talking about it earlier, uh, talking about like bad mental health days. I said I don't believe in a bad mental health day. You could call it an off day. You could call it like I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it just doesn't feel good. But those are subjective words. So it just it goes back and forth. But definitely just being aware of what you're feeling. That is a is a way to make sure that you're coping correctly. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with what all of y'all said actually. Um, Jaira, I'm glad you said you was talking about. You know, like uh, might you might not have like. You might not want to practice because, like, there's there's been a bunch of times where it's just, oh, well, specifically last year, actually, like, when I first got on campus, I was just, like, I can honestly say, like, I was overworking myself like crazy. Like, I was in the music building practicing until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, like, and I would get there at 12. And then before that, like, I was uh, – probably at the library or doing homework or some like and then before that like way before that like I was in classes and I was in classes all day so it's just like you know I would I would go to sleep and then I would wake up at like you know like eight o'clock in the morning to go to class or like seven in the morning to go to class so I would just be like so drained and like you know my mind just was not it was just like, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. Like, I know I'm here, but like, am I here? So, you know, I was just, I was just, you know, trying to put it off, like go to the gym, you know, and and try to just like shove it away. Mm-hmm. And then there was just, just, just this one day, I remember I was walking down Jeff and it was just one day and I just broke down, bro. Like, I was... But I think my thing is, is like you said, I know myself more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I try to figure out what's going on, and then I may go to the gym to kind of, like, relieve my stress. Or I've been getting into, like, walking, like, at nighttime because it don't be so hot. Like, it's a nice temperature. Like, Mm -hmm. I go walk. And I, yeah, and then I may walk with, like, somebody else and just, like, have a conversation. Like, you know, tell them what's going on. Like, man, I've been feeling like this all day. Like, and, dang, man, I'm getting emotional. And, um, yeah, and then, like, making music. Me and and Jairo, we we be in the the music lab till, what, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, bro, like, just making some stuff, like, and it it was a good, it's a good feeling when I know, like, I can do something that can take my mind off of something, and as soon as I figure it out, it's like, okay, I understand, now I can go do something that I love, like, I love that I'm here, and I can meet a bunch of people, (laughs) I can meet a bunch of people, and, like, you know, get a good vibe from them. And then, like, I'm here doing what I love. Mm-hmm. I love making music. I love sharing my music. I love that I can, like, express that. I, I love people, like, that look like me and that are doing their thing. So, you know, I... Yeah, Ray, that, that word is what I live by. I love doing what you love, surrounded by people you love. 
if if it's the ultimate you, feeling. It's the ultimate feeling, love. And you and Jira make good 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 points. When you take a break and do something that you like, something that brings you joy, it fixes everything. Right. Even if sometimes st- stuff that brings me joy, it literally just going and sitting in one of my friends' rooms, and right. we just be sitting there. They could be playing a game. We just sitting there chilling, talking you know, stuff, talk, talking smack, whatever the case may be. We might play the game together, eat food, yeah. whatever it is. If you're doing something enjoyable, if you do enough enjoyable stuff, it'll always outweigh yeah. the stuff that's making you feel off. So, you know what I'm saying? Kind of, kind of, they get on that talk about the things that you do that you enjoy. Like, they don't know. This probably going to be the first time I'm telling them this, telling Dill this, but like, if I'm ever feeling down or if I'm feeling, um, if I'm feeling down in any type of way, my first resort usually I'll hit the chat and I'll be like, y'all, let's cook tonight. Let's mm-hmm. eat tonight. And let's I'll go into so the together. kitchen. Like, like last night, I cooked yesterday. But like it's extremely like enjoying and I love the feeling of like sitting down, making a meal for my family, because I consider all of them family, making a meal for my family, and then afterwards we all just eat and we we feeling good, we chilling. And that's something that I do like any day that I'm feeling down or I'm feeling like, man, this man, day feel a little weird. It's a great it's a great example because on Sunday, Saturday this past weekend, bar weekend, sun Saturday evening we had like a get together at the house. Sunday we wake up. Somebody stole a PlayStation out of our house. Everybody's angry all day. But we it literally makes us feel better because we angry together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Kylan came in and, and, and threw the biggest angry fit I've ever seen him throw. But by the end of the day, he was feeling better because we all just was spending time with each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. No matter how you're feeling, if you're surrounded by love, you're going to be all right every time. Seriously. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad that you brought up just to go back earlier about rationalizing your feelings because I think uh, the normal things that people say you should deal with your mental health, like therapy or like going on medicine, doesn't necessarily work for everyone. I feel like as a person who was a suppressor, I'm still not necessarily comfortable just sharing all my struggles with a random person or mm-hmm. with just all of my friends necessarily. So I feel like being able to learn how to take care of yourself or how to learn how to express yourself to the people closest to you learn how to as we were saying do stuff that'll make you happy that'll take your mind off those things is super super important yeah and another thing um like uh that i did that at the beginning of the semester that helped was journaling um i honestly need to get back on it though because like school started and i was like whatever but um it definitely helped me clear my mind a lot, um, you know, just writing down whatever you're feeling. Like, I usually do it, like, closer to the end of the day because, like, you completed your day. And um, it was just good. Like, the, the, like, that week I did it, like, I just felt more clear. Like, my my thoughts weren't, like, racing all over my head how they usually are. And um, I don't know. I just felt more, like, open and, like, free to just, like, you know, I don't know. It was and just more relaxing. It's tea that y'all have music. If I was musically talented, I would be in the studio every night. Because, like, you can just go in there and express. No matter I, how right. you feel, you just go in there and express. That's po- crazy. Poetry, whatever it is. Yeah, that's crazy because I'm extremely, like, growing up, I was uh, extremely, like, musically talented, like, when it pertains to writing and things like that. And so, like, for the last six months I've had writer's block and I ain't really talked to nobody about having writer's block but I, I've had writer's block and it's weird like four days ago I was just shuffling through my stuff picked up one of my old notebooks and just start like writing some little stuff in my notebook and it felt so 
good. Like, I felt, like, after that, like, I don't know, like, I was just walked around the house and just started messing with everybody. Like, it felt <laughs> so good. I was just like, man, like, I ain't got writer's block no more. Like, I, I might like, go home and write I something. I like where everybody had that. I like this talk, bro. I, I'm about to cuss. For real. I love this <laughs> talk. I like this talk. Yeah. Well, hopefully we have more of these. For we're gonna have more of them. At, at, come, come to the boy, boys yeah, to men. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot more of these talks. Yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all being on the podcast today. Thank y'all. Thank um, you. Yep. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Tune in again next week to see what's happening at this moment.